Welcome back, Carter. I'm Jules. <laughs> and I'm Cece. What episode? How are... I don't I even know what to say. Episode 48? We don't even know how to talk to each other anymore. It's been so long. That's the truth. Like we did we did five episodes all at once and then like we should have just stayed ahead of the game, but instead we just didn't record for five weeks. We really we are as people. Yeah. That's um it, it turned out that it was for the best because I just had some life circumstances that were happening like all in that five weeks and it just, you know, yeah. it, it measured out just right. And here we are back again. So what the hell is going on with you? Um, I don't like not a lot. I mean, just work. I got I got a promotion at work. So that was cool. You already knew that. I, yes, I'm and happy for you. So that was Good nice. Job. Yeah. But other than that, not not a whole lot. How about you? Uh, like so much has happened in my life. Actually, <laughs> I don't I don't even know where to begin with that. So much has happened. And Lots of exciting stuff like in our family happened. I'm not yeah. I'm not getting into all the details, but we, we did get a new member to our family recently that was pretty exciting that everyone was yeah. very, very excited about. So that happened and it also coincided with, you know, when we took this break, I had some major um, orthodontia happen in my face. Oh, you did? Uh, I did. And so I had to learn how to talk again. Oh, yeah. Because uh, so you that's... have real braces on your teeth right now, don't you? Yeah. I'd really like to not talk about real that. Real adult that's... braces. Okay. Can we just can we just move on from that? Because that was never yes. part of the plan. It really okay. wasn't. I know. <laughs> it was a thing that happened to me. And let me tell you, like, I wake up every day and I feel like my teeth are in a, in a tiny prison. Yeah. They're, like, screaming. It's kind of like... It's like it is like being claustrophobic in your mouth. Yep. The most of us know. Those of us who have had braces before know. I know about it. Well, I didn't, guys. I went a lot of years without having a tiny prison on my face. And now oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that'll happen. Hopefully it's very, very short lived. That's what they told me, but my orthodontist is a fucking liar. Just wanted to He say. kind of is though. He really is. I don't know if it's a he. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, are you ready to talk about some shit? I am, but I shit? also had a story to tell you. Remember, I had a story to tell oh. you online? Yeah. Tell so, us the story. Those of you that have listened to more than one of these knows that I'm married to the doc. We call him the doc. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but he is like Snow White when it comes to talking to little animals. We got home one night, and so now, did I tell you the story about the baby squirrel that was in the yard? I don't think so. Okay, this one I'll do really fast. There's a baby squirrel in the yard. You do nothing fast, but keep going. Okay. Shut up. (laughs) Okay. Baby squirrel on a tree. The doc decides he's going to say hello to baby squirrel, and Concrete Kira, our daughter, was there to witness this and take pictures. Otherwise, I wouldn't have believed it. Apparently, he Uh put his hand out to the baby squirrel. It ran up to him. And then touched its little tiny hand to his finger like, hello. What? Yeah. Okay. So let's just keep that in mind. So we get home the other night and we have this really, really tall garage. It's like a pole barn. And there's something 
fluttering around like really fast at the top. And he goes, oh, my God, there's a hummingbird, a hummingbird, like, you know, the kind that you barely even see. Yeah. But it's in the top of our pole barn. And he's like, "Okay, what are we going to do? And so me and uh, the other kid, Lucy, are there and we're like, "Uh, we got to save it. So we're like, how are we going to save a hummingbird? So Doc gets up on a ladder and he, I hand him, I don't know, I end up handing him a broom and he like holds the broom up to the hummingbird and the hummingbird lands in the bristles of the broom, like it's a nest. Uh huh. And he like starts to bring it down and it's at first, it's like, okay. And then all of a sudden it freaks out and it flies back up and it's like, like up against the ceiling and it's getting dark. So we get a second broom and he just kind of like gently cradles the bird between the two. And then Lucy hands me a fabric mesh like laundry basket that we happen to have in in the garage. And since the hummingbird seems to only fly upward, what we do is we put that over the top of the bird so that it now is flying in this fabric mesh netting, right? And it's still just like yeah. in flight, like super fast. So I'm holding this thing in between my hands and I'm holding a fucking hummingbird. And I can see it like, like, up, so no, right. just listen, up close. And then I'm like carefully walking it like outside so we can release it. And it like is stuck in there and it won't come out. So the doc puts his hand in there and I'm like, no, 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 don't touch it. Don't touch it. And he's like, it'll be fine. And I'm like, okay, Snow White says it'll be fine. He grabs the bird like gently in his hand, takes it out and then brings it out. Like, so at this point, the doc is now holding the hummingbird in his hand. Yeah. Not like aggressively, just holding it in his hand. And the hummingbird is just sitting in his hand and not moving its wings. Just like checking him out. And it makes some weird hummingbird noises like, hello. And then after like 35, 45 seconds, it just flies away. Well, that's crazy. Who holds a hummingbird in their hand? The doc. Yeah. The doc holds a hummingbird Whatever. in his hand. Anyway, I wanted to tell you that story because it was incredible. That is crazy. I know. They're so cute. They look like giant bugs. Yeah, I feel like I wouldn't even know what the fuck that was. Oh, but, you would. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I see them all the time, like, you know, by the flowers and stuff. Lately, I've been like, we have flooding in my backyard right now because the upper Mississippi had a lot of snow mm-hmm. and it's all melting and my backyard is very flooded, but not my house yet. Frank told me it's coming and for you. There's, it is, but I don't think it's going to make it to okay. us. And... There's been a lot of waterfowl, and I've been obsessed with the pelicans the last couple of years because I realized they're just like fucking dinosaurs, mm-hmm. but they're huge. They're huge. And yeah, so there's just like all these like water birds that are like very close, and it's been really cool, and I've been kind of obsessed with That is with really cool. Lately. And then I was like, I feel like an old person. Like suddenly I'm like really interested in waterfowl. It's fine. <laughs> um. You're doing bird watching. <laughs> I'm holding hummingbirds. And suddenly I'm a bird watcher. I would have never thought I would be a bird watcher. But okay, so speaking of things that fly. Okay. <laughs> let's get into today's topic. Actually, the topic doesn't actually fly. Oh, okay. They're just trying to keep you from talking about things that fly. Okay. Ah. All right. So 
Today's episode, by the way, is brought to you by ChatGPT. <laughs> so again, this is and usually, usually with like things that maybe brush on the UFO topic, I try to do better research, but it can be really hard. And I think a lot of this, I don't think there'd be like any real like solid right. research, quite honestly, into this topic. But just so you're aware, ChatGPT is not like sourced accurately, but it's going to be a fun one anyway. So today we are going to talk about one of the most enigmatic and elusive entities in the paranormal world, like UFOs meeting cryptids. What is that? And while I'm not talking about Will Smith or Tommy Lee Jones, I am talking about the real motherfucking men in black. Do you? Oh, dude, this is totally going to butt up to my next episode. What? That's exciting. Mm -hmm. So did you know about the Men in Black before the movie came out? No. I still didn't know that they were real. I know, right? I didn't either. I was like, I just was like, oh, that's a fun movie. Like I saw it in like seventh grade and I was like, this is fucking cool. Well, I just heard a bunch of things about people that are like them. They're dressed kind of fancy. They're probably alien people. So what? Oh, my God. I'm so excited to get into this. Okay. So what are the men in black? Well, depending on who you ask, they could be government agents, extraterrestrial beings, time travelers, or even products of the human mind. So I would like to start... By getting into some stories about them, and then we'll move into theories. So the first story that I'd like to talk about is the Maury Island incident. I didn't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, there's going to be a couple things here that I think you're familiar with and some that you're not. Okay. The Maury Island incident was a UFO sighting that occurred on June 21st of 1947 in the, in the Puget Sound near Maury Island in Washington State. Okay. This man named Harold Dahl, his son, his dog, and two of his employees were on a boat near Maury Island when they reported seeing six donut-shaped objects in the sky. That's never good. Yeah. Dahl claimed that one of the objects appeared to malfunction and began ejecting molten metal and other debris. And apparently some of this, like, molten debris that fell out of, like, the center of one of these donut-shaped objects. Like lava? Like... Kind of. It maybe seemed like it was, yeah, kind of like lava, but kind of like metal. Like a spaceship diarrhea. Like spaceship diarrhea. But okay. the spaceship diarrhea like started hitting the boat and it actually oh. ended up hurting his son. Like his son's oh. arm got fucked up and his dog got killed in the no! incident. So whoever these fucking alien people were, fuck them. Oh, This is the second time that I've heard about aliens killing dogs, and I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I don't think that we should entertain having them here if they're going to be like that. Yeah, like, you're not going to hurt people, but you're going to hurt dogs. Like, I feel like if you're going to, like... That does hurt people. It hurts their feelings. I feel like people deserve to be hurt way more than dogs deserve to be hurt. That might be an unpopular opinion, but... I don't think anyone should get hurt. Unless they're a bad person. Yeah, they could come here and get bad guys. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. So this guy, obviously, because this isn't his boat. It's like his employer's boat that they're on. Mm-hmm. They're working. So he tells his employer, Fred Chrisman, who then contacts this guy named Ray Palmer, who's the editor of a science fiction magazine called Amazing Stories. 
Because this is the 1940s, right? So mm-hmm. Palmer arranges for a meeting between Chrisman, Dahl, and Kenneth Arnold. And I don't know if you remember who Kenneth Arnold is. No, not at all. So Kenneth Arnold had just made headlines because three days after this incident, he had his own famous UFO sighting. So I don't know if you remember in the first episode of the Roswell, because we had two Roswell episodes. And um, Kenneth Arnold was the pilot that was flying over Mount Rainier and saw the UFOs in the sky. I don't know if you remember that. I don't remember his name. I remember Babza. Okay. That's the only person I remember. You only remember Babazar? Okay. Well, he's the guy. And like when they had interviewed him about it, that's where the term flying saucer came from because he was like describing them, but it wasn't really like they were saucer shaped. But um, anyway, if you're into that kind of stuff, go listen to that episode. So Arnold interviewed Dahl and Chrisman and later claimed that they showed him some of the debris that had fallen out, like the the spaceship diarrhea that had fallen out of the craft. And so... Big old hunk of space poopy. Yeah. Arnold goes and he reports the incident to the United States Army Air Forces. That's the USAAF is what I'm going to call them after this. And if you're not familiar, that is what the Air Force was prior to being the Air Force. It was actually... That's a lot of letters in that acronym. It is. It is. But that's what it's like USAAF. And again, it's just like pre-Air Force, which is literally like the summer before the Air Force was the Air Force. That's why they shortened it. Yeah, I guess. Because Air Force is easier to say. <laughs> okay, the USAAF sent two officers, Captain William Davidson and First Lieutenant Frank Brown, to investigate the spaceship diarrhea. And so Davidson and Brown meet with Dahl and Chrisman, and they show them the space diarrhea. And they're like, whoa, this is crazy. So they take possession of the debris, and they arrange for it to be flown to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio for analysis. And again, at this time, I don't think it was actually called Wright-Patterson. I think it probably would have been like Wilbur Wright Field and McCook Field. I think it was a really big acronym with a lot of letters. Probably. So anyway, these two guys, like the two guys from the USAAF that got it, they're flying in this B-50 or sorry, B-25 bomber carrying the debris and the plane crashes. With the space poopy? With the space poop on board near Kelso, Washington, and it kills both Davidson and Brown and takes the space diarrhea along with well, it. Well, isn't that convenient? Wait. I know, convenient? right? What's that word when something is like something else? It's a coincidence. Well, I think you do say, isn't that convenient, though? I think that's the saying. That could be. I'm okay. Correct. Well, so yeah, this got the UFO researchers like all up in a like they're like all like what the fuck like this that's is sabotage tizzy. and interference by the government and of course it was and so <laughs> says me who I love government conspiracy <laughs> theory so this incident gains national attention and some t- like shortly after this gains national attention in Tacoma, Washington, this man in a black suit and hat arrives. And he begins visiting the homes and workplaces of incidents to the in- or of, of incidents <laughs> of, of witnesses incident. to the incident of incidents to the witness. Okay, uh, according to reports, the man in black would intimidate the witnesses, warn them not to talk about the incident, and threaten them with dire consequences if they did not comply. 
I thought you were going to say diarrhea. <laughs> Threaten them with diarrhea if they did not comply. <laughs> the diarrhea is coming for you. Yeah. But what's even weirder is that some of the witnesses claimed that the man in black had the ability to read their thoughts and control their behavior. Oh, man. They were wearing human people suits. Basically. So this guy was allegedly involved in the investigation of the incident by the USAAF. And some researchers have suggested that he may have been just a government agent or a member of a secret organization tasked with covering up the evidence of extraterrestrial activity. What kind of scary things did he say to them? It didn't say specifically. But what do you think he said? I think he was just like. Don't do that or we'll kill you. <laughs> That's it. And they probably like, well, they probably are like, I know where your family lives and I'll kill your children. Your parakeet. And that kind of stuff. And I'll kill your parakeet. Fuck, man. Like that kind of thing. But yeah, afterward, I mean, like the USAAF did issue a statement afterward claiming that the whole incident was a hoax. That's not a hoax when it kills your dog. That's for real. No, it does. It's not a hoax. Like, they're fucking liars, and we know that because Roswell. We'll talk a little bit more about Roswell later. But, like, it's a a cover-up. That's what I believe. So that's the first story of the men in black. But I think, like, when I think about that, it's like, that could be a time where if the government was going to have some scary dudes come that they would start at, at that point. But Like, you think those were the first scary dudes that ever got pushed out to do scary stuff like like if if it's a government if it's a government thing and not like something paranormal that would make sense that that could be the original man in black right there because like you think about that roswell happened right around like literally within days of that as well so like this is all i mean like you have like kenneth arnold you have that you have roswell they're all like within days so they had to get like a new force if that's what it was, they had to like, ha- they're like, we're opening a new sect of the government of super mean guys. If that's what it was. But like, why are they controlling yeah. their thoughts? The men in black aren't only involved in UFOs, though. Yes. So they're actually they're in the cryptid business as well. Or maybe aliens. I, I don't know. So we're going to talk next about the Flatwoods Monster, who is also known as the Braxton County Monster or the Green Monster. And this was an alleged extraterrestrial creature that was reportedly sighted in Flatwoods, West Virginia on September 12th of 1952. So this is like five years later. The incident began when a group of boys playing in a football or they were playing football in a local schoolyard and witnessed a bright object streak across the sky and crash into a nearby hill. (gasps) So the boys got scared, and they ran to the home of Kathleen May, which is one of their moms. Was it like a little hill or a big hill? I don't know. You always ask me all these questions that I don't know the answers to. Well, I just, I want to know, like, how big the boom was or the flash. I couldn't tell you. I feel like it was big. So it was like almost a bluff. Like it was. It was enough to like scare them, and they ran to one of the kids' houses, and so the mom, she was like, "Okay, I'm gonna get some of the neighbors because like you must just like knock on your neighbor's door and you're like, hi, that's what you did back then. People, yeah. So 
they get up a group of residents, including two National Guardsmen, and they go to investigate the crash site together. Were the National Guardsmen like the neighbors? I think. But again, I don't know. Okay. Proceed. (laughs) So they get to the top of the hill, which I'm guessing is like... It's probably medium size. They're not like walking to the top of a bluff. It's a medium hill because they're not wearing hiking boots. Probably. That's, I mean, otherwise they would have noted that in the spur of the moment. Yeah. So they get up to this top, like the top of the hill, and they report smelling a strange, pungent odor. And they see this like pulsating red light in the distance. And when, yeah. And so, like, when they get all the way to the top, they encounter a large pulsating sphere that's approximately 10 feet in diameter. But you say the word pulsating like it's something, like, it makes me feel like there's some kind of flesh covering the pulsating red thing. But it's not. I don't think so. But. It's not like a toad Near the, the sphere. Light. Near the sphere, when they get toward there, they see a tall humanoid figure with a glowing red face and green metallic armor. Oh, no. They said that it had a pointed head and it had long spindly arms and claw-like fingers. That's my least favorite part. I need you to remember this. So long spindly, so pointed head, long spindly arms and claw-like fingers. Just want to repeat that. Is it like a, is it like a, like you say a pointed head so is it like a conical shape is it like a pyramid pointy head i don't i don't i don't know does it have like a round like a human round head like a face like a human i don't know but is it okay but i do know that it wasn't an owl okay I'll it get wasn't back to that an in owl so they said that the creature was like hissing or making like a sizzling sound, like, like a bacon. sausage in a pan. Ooh. Yeah, I thought of a sausage in a pan. I'm glad that you said something because I was like, I just added that <laughs> to my notes, like bacon <laughs> or sausage. So they panic, obviously, yeah. like rightfully so. And they run back down the hill and they're like, fuck, um, police, please, I need you to go yeah. check this out. The sheriff and several deputies go to investigate, but they find, like, zero evidence of a crashed object or any trace of the creature. Do you feel like they were brave when they went? Or do you feel like they were kind of, like, like pushing, like, one was standing behind the other one, kind of like in a cartoon-esque kind of way? Well, that was one of my notes. I said, can you imagine being a cop who was sent to check that shit out? No. Because I would have been like, fuck no. Like, there's a... A creature at the top of the hill like, with yeah. like a glowing light bulb? This is not like, what I signed no, up for. You. Yeah. But they did say, like, even though that, like, the police said that there wasn't anything there, there were some reports that claimed that the area was covered in a strange metallic residue. Residue like a goo? I don't, I don't really know. Like, maybe a powder? I think it was. A, what do you know? Like a metallic powder? Well, that's a lot different. A metallic goo? goo? I don't know. I'm not really sure. But but it was stinky? It was. And so some skeptics suggested that the creature may have been a misidentified owl. Well, owls are scary with their big old weird legs. That... A pointed head and spindly arms. It's and those weird legs fingers. that fall out and of it was nowhere. Wearing, it was wearing armor? Owls could have feathers that look like armor. 
I know that owl legs are terrifying. I didn't realize, but I found that out. So this whole situation went down, whatever, an owl or not. There are some accounts that suggest that the men in black may have been involved. Witnesses report that they were visited by strange men dressed in black suits shortly after the encounter, and these men warned them not to discuss what they had seen. Don't talk about the owl. Yeah, don't talk about the owl. This witness named Lucy Bell Ford claimed that she was visited by two men in black suits and fedoras um, several days after the incident. Fedoras. And she said that they had oddly shaped eyes (gasps) and a strange way of talking. No. The men warned her not to talk about what she had seen and threatened her with harm if she did they were like we'll harm you what kind of shaped eyes like did she say no i mean like i'm giving you all the information i have did did she tell you she didn't tell me no she didn't there was another witness a young boy named freddie may who was the son of that lady so he reported that he was visited by a man in a black suit who identified himself as a reporter from a local newspaper Didn't that kid, didn't he like run back and wasn't he like, mom, a thing happened. And then she went with him. Yeah. Okay. Or I don't know if she brought the kid back with him. I feel like I wouldn't have brought my kid back with me. Like, I think she was a cool mom. You think so? Yeah. I know she was a cool mom. Okay. I heard that on a different podcast, I think. Oh, I think that I did hear that too, actually. I think I know this story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. She was, but... Okay, so this guy came to talk to Freddie, but he was, like, asking Freddie leading questions, like, trying to, like, make him agree to, like, a preconceived narrative. And he was like, no, fuck that. Instead of, like, what actually happened. And Freddie was like, what the fuck? No, like, that's not what happened. But I think just went along with it. That's that story. I know that there's more details. I just didn't get super into it with ChatGPT. ChatGPT is an assistant that sometimes lies to you. It does, but like generally, I mean, if I'm not getting into too much detail, and I guess if you were playing with chat GPT, you would ask it a lot more questions than I do. I sure would. I know. Context. Okay. I have quantity (laughs) over context. All right. So the next one we're going to talk about is Alfred K. Bender. So this dude is an early UFO researcher and author who is very well known for his work with the men in black phenomenon. This guy is from Bridgeport, Connecticut, and he developed an interest in science fiction and paranormal at a young age. Like he was like weird into this stuff. Like he, I guess, like collected like horror movie stuff and like shrunken heads and skulls and things and like when friends would come over he would like play sounds of like like creepy like soundtracks like he was in a haunted house that like crosses over into a different realm of weird yeah i think he was like a different realm of weird so bender's obsession with the strange and paranormal led him to be interested in the ufo topic and in the 50s 1952 to be precise he founded the international flying saucer bureau or the ifsb and this was one of the first my name is bender i like (laughs) flying saucers and aliens too and ghosts and things like that okay but anyway and also owls he didn't know about the owls maybe he did i don't (laughs) fucking know i don't know but 
Okay, so this was one of the first organizations dedicated to the study and investigation of UFOs. In conjunction with this organization, he began publishing a newsletter called Space Review, which became Ooh. known for its coverage of UFO sightings and related phenomena. But shortly after starting the group and publication, he abruptly closed it a year later in 1953 and stopped his publication, despite already having 600 members worldwide. 600? Yeah, like... Okay, so this That's is the 1950s. The 1950s for one year, like we're on the internet. The internet exists and we don't have 600 listeners after a year. I know. So Bender knew what he was doing there. Each of you needs to tell at but, least four friends. Thanks. Yeah, it just stops and everybody's like, what the fuck? And then we fast forward to 1962 and Bender publishes a book called Flying Saucers and the Three Men. And it details his experiences with the men in black. <gasps> According to Bender, he was visited by... Yeah, you can't sing it there. I it sing it very, though. very tiny. Okay, so... That's different. It doesn't help. It doesn't, I don't think it makes it well, any better. Well, when you're doing the editing, just don't make it loud. <laughs> okay. So according to it, I've been singing that song in my head nonstop for the last few days. But okay, according to Bender, he was visited by three men in black in 1953 who warned him to stop his UFO research and threatened him with diarrhea if he did not comply. Stop it now or you'll get the diarrhea. It was, this is just chat GPT saying dire consequences again. <laughs> and I just felt like diarrhea was more fun. Okay. So he didn't want to get diarrhea. So in the book, Bender made several claims about his encounters with the men in black, including an incident where the alleged, like, or where he said that the men in black followed him home from a movie theater. No. So Bender would go to a movie like once a week, really late at night. And it's like midnight and he'd be walking home from this late, late night movie. And he's in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And he notices a strange man walking behind him. Mm. The man is wearing a black suit and a fedora, and Bender felt uneasy about his presence. Uh, he starts to like kind of quicken his pace and walk a little bit faster, and he notices that the man is speeding up also, staying just a few steps behind him. When Bender turned around to confront the man, he was shocked to see that the man's face was featureless, what? as if it had been painted on. Ew. Yeah. It sounds to me... Like, Bender needs to get a new lifestyle habit. He shouldn't be going to the movies late at night anymore. Well, he's a man in the 1950s. I don't care. And men are allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. Not when painted on faceless fedora-wearing things yeah. come find you. At that yeah. point, you're like, I know, I'm right? never going outside again. I don't. Maybe he didn't, but he was terrified, and he ran the rest of the way home. Me too. I would have too. And he locks his door behind him. But he said that the man followed him all the way to his doorstep, and even like tried like opening the door. What? And then eventually, the guy like gave up and walked away from his house. Like he was rattling his doorknob. Yes. Like a faceless man is rattling his doorknob. How did he get away? Um, I don't. I don't know. But. He said that there were several other encounters with the men in black, including visits to his home, and they apparently did talk to him at some point and warned him to stop his UFO research. Mm -mm. He said that they could read his thoughts, control his behavior, <sighs> manipulate physical objects, and that he said that they were part of a larger conspiracy to suppress evidence of extraterrestrial activity. So apparently he also asked it, the men in black what they were doing. So he was like, well, but, if you're going to question me, I'm going to question you, bucko. What are you doing here? And Did they're like, well, we need to suppress Bender this evidence. Have schizophrenia. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> like, um, 
that's what people say that something happened mentally to Bender. But that was what had, you know, like led him to him closing the IFSB and stopping his publication of the Space Review. He said that he had been under surveillance by government agents and that his experiences with the men in black had caused him to suffer physical and mental health issues. So he's saying that the men in black made him have mental health issues. We could be argued that his mental health issues resulted in him thinking that the men in black were after him. It's like a chicken and egg situation. Yeah, like which came first. But (laughs) I'll give you that. Yeah. So I don't know about that one. That one's interesting, though. Let's see here. We're going to do another one. I think this one's going to sound familiar to you. And this one probably could use its own episode. But I think that if we did its own episode, we wouldn't really focus so much on the men in black aspect. So we're going to go to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Mm. It's late 1960s. And during this time, residents are reporting sightings of a mysterious creature known as the, any guesses? Mothman? Yes. Which was said to be a large winged humanoid with glowing red eyes. Mothman sightings, I think a lot of people know about Mothman, so I'm not going to get super into it besides that. But they're, Mm -hmm. they're weird enough on their own and spooky enough on their own and not limited to this time or location, but... What I would like to focus on is the reported involvement of the men in black. So witnesses reported encounters with strange men in black suits who appeared to be investigating the Mothman sightings. Some of the reported encounters included a visit to a woman named Mary Hire's office. Mary was a local journalist who had been covering the Mothman sightings. She reported that one day two men in black came to her office and demanded to know what she knew about the Mothman. They warned her not to publish anything about the sightings and told her that they knew everything about her personal life. Like, what kind of stuff did they give, like, like details? Like, we know that you, you know. What do you think? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what kind of stuff do they know? Your best guess is my best guess. I don't know the answer to the question. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say something. <laughs> That they knew. Oh, never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go there. Why? Because I don't want to talk about what may or may not be hidden under her bed. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. The Mothman was hidden under know. her bed. Hey, did I ever tell you that we went on the Mothman Bridge? Uh, yeah, I think you did tell me that before. I was disappointed by the experience. Well, that was just like where it was filmed, though, right? In Pennsylvania? No, like the actual Mothman Bridge. I was on it. Oh. Yeah. You probably should cover the Mothman when we do that No, I didn't see anything. I was scared, and I kept my eyes open the whole time. Nothing happened. Oh. Okay. I don't know if the microphone just picked it up. My stomach just made a really loud noise. Are you hungry? scary. No, I've been actually quite ill the last two days. Uh, I feel okay right now, but it might just be something. Anyway. Okay. So we talked about the things that the men in black may have known about her in her personal life and what may or may not have been hidden under her bed. Yes. So next was a visit to the Sanderson. So there is a book by John Keel called The Mothman Prophecies, and he recounts an encounter between a couple named Ralph and and Judy Sanderson and a group of men in black who came to their home. The Sanderson's reported that the men in black had glowing eyes Ew. and that they seemed to be floating rather than walking. And you can't talk to me. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're floating, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> I draw the line at that. Yeah. They said that they asked him some strange questions, of which I don't know exactly what those questions were. They can't just say they asked me some strange questions. And then, like, it would be weird if the glowing eye people came to your door and they were like, do you like bologna sandwiches with cheese? <laughs> I mean... And then, and then they, they just, just floated, floated away. away. I'd be like, fuck this shit. I don't eat bologna. Yeah. Okay, so this next bullet point, it's like it's in the Mothman Prophecies book, but I'm also kind of like, what, did this have to do with the Mothman or is this just like a different situation? Because this seems like a different you. situation. So this one is encountering or encountering, recounting an <laughs> encounter between a man named Woodrow Derenberger a lot. and a strange figure who identified himself as Indrid Cold. Indrid Cold reportedly had a strange appearance, including a glowing red face, and he claimed to be from a planet called Lanulos. After this encounter, Derenberger Durenberger, I don't know how to say his name, whatever. He reported receiving visits from Men in Black who demanded that he stopped talking about this space creature that visited him with a red face. How do you stop talking about that? He was like, don't talk about injured cold. Don't talk about it anymore. So I don't know if this is like in West Virginia, if it's somewhere else, if he was just like recounting some other Men in Black stuff. I'm not really sure because I didn't read the book. And I didn't ask ChatGPT any more questions about it. Okay. I'm going to move on to our next story. That was the Mothman part. Next one. This is featuring Dr. Herbert Hopkins. That's a fun name. It's like very hoppy. Herbert Hopkins. I know I like that. That's some great alliteration there. So he's a respected UFO researcher. And he had a strange encounter with the men in black in the 1970s or a man in black. So at the time, he was investigating a UFO abduction case involving a man named Peter who claimed to have been taken aboard a UFO or an alien spacecraft. One evening, Hopkins receives a phone call from a man who identifies himself as a researcher from the Center for UFO Studies. The man asks Hopkins if he could come over to his house and discuss the Peter case. And Hopkins is like, yeah, come on over. He wants to discuss the Peter case? Let's discuss the Peter case. Come on over. I'd like to talk about Peter. Can you imagine a time where you're just like, just come on in. Yeah, come come on over. I don't know you, but come over to my house and come inside. No, thank you. I don't let anybody in my house. Not to talk about Peter. I don't even answer the door. Not to talk about Peter. That's a molester. Hopkins hangs up the phone or like as he's hanging up the phone he notices that the man's voice becomes distorted and he becomes like he's kind of like feeling uneasy like what how can you do it i don't know it's like it's like okay she's like that's how it was <laughs> that's how it is yeah like i that. feel like you could have done a better job with that like come on give me some elbow okay she's I thought for sure you'd go for the, hello, I think that I need to talk to you about It's not an Elmo. I don't get Elmo vibes from this, though, you know? Okay. It's I more serious. But very shortly, like much too quick. No. Okay. So really quickly after the phone call, like, we, like, like immediately, basically after the phone call, Hopkins notices a strange figure up approaching his house so it's like he basically like hung up the phone and the guy's like here i am but it's the 1970s and he's not talking on a cell phone oh my god 
the figure is wearing a black suit and a fedora and his skin is like unnaturally pale is it like gray and And yeah but i guess hopkins is still like i want to talk to this guy about peter so he lets the guy in (laughs) and the guy is like i'm the the guy that just talked to you on the phone about peter he starts asking hopkins questions about the peter case and hopkins notices that his speech is slow and deliberate as if he's carefully choosing his words or like he doesn't know how to speak well i don't know like it's just like awkward And then? I don't know. I'm not really sure. Like, we need more details, but we don't have them. We do. So then the man asked Hopkins to take a penny out for some reason. And he's like, let me show you this magic trick, basically. I don't, He didn't say magic, but he was just like, take out this penny. He's like, is it true if you see a penny, pick it up all day long? I'll have good luck. It was like that, probably. And then the guy, like, made the like made it begin to glow and then like vanished it from his hand. Oh. Like he did like a magic trick, except for it was like in a sinister way. In a like, <laughs> and then the guy he wasn't. I I don't understand. Like I need to know more about the conversation leading up to the penny trick. Yeah, we just don't know. That's the thing. It's very strange. The whole thing is very strange. Was he like compelled to let Peter guy into his house or the guy that wanted to talk about Peter's? This isn't Peter. Like Peter is not the guy. This guy just wants to know about Peter. I know. He just wanted to talk about a Peter. I don't know. I get it. But the guy does tell Hopkins. He's like, listen, I've been studying you for some time and you need Ew. to stop researching the Peter case. And Gross. And he was like, okay, magic man. And the man (laughs) walked out of his house and then just like disappeared into the night. And that was it? Well, afterward, Hopkins reported feeling disoriented and confused. He also like got some other strange phone calls with a voice that sounded like it was coming from underwater. Hmm. But I don't know what that voice said to him. This man is so bad at telling stories. Yeah, or I just, like, didn't get enough information. I just, like, I, I'm i never going to get it right with you, so. Oh, here we go. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm going to start doing this to you and you're telling you your should. stories. I will have an answer for you, like, even if I make that shit up. Okay. Okay, maybe I'll yeah. do that from now on. Those are all the real stories. Like, the real I don't know if they're real stories. <laughs> Those are the real today, stories. <laughs> Yeah. There are stories of the men in black that come up. If you just do like a Reddit search or other online forums and you like research like men in black stories, there are a ton of them out there. So reports vary widely in their details and the experiences are described like a little bit different by different individuals. But people have described encounters with men in black who appear to be human but behave in strange and threatening ways. They have been described as wearing all black suits, hats, sunglasses, and often arrive in black cars, Mm. like usually Cadillacs or unmarked vehicles. People report feeling intimidated and even physically threatened by them. Other reports describe encounters with men in black who appear to be otherworldly or paranormal in nature. They might have pale or grayish skin or unnaturally dark eyes or a strange hypnotic quality to their speech. They might feel like they're like the people who are talking with them might feel like they're under a trance or being mentally controlled by their encounters. 
and they're generally described as being unsettling and frightening. So some people speculate that the men in black are government agents or other humans attempting to suppress information about UFOs and other paranormal phenomena. And others believe that they are non-human entities with unknown origins and motivations. They're non-human. If they have painted on faces, here's your sign. I know, right? I know. But let's talk about like the government theory first. When I think about the government, like the first thing that did come to my mind was the Roswell incident, like I talked about this, but this feels different. Again, if you're not familiar with uh, Roswell, check out our episodes on Roswell, but it refers to the alleged crash of an extraterrestrial spacecraft near Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. So according to many accounts, the U.S. military recovered the wreckage and the bodies of the extraterrestrial occupants and then covered up the incident by issuing false statements that the debris was from a weather balloon. Unlike the other men in black situations, the government's actions in the Roswell incident were primarily focused on controlling the narrative and limiting the dissemination mm-hmm. of information to the public. So it's very, I mean, it's similar to the other ones, but this is like the government's like issuing official statements and suppressing media coverage and restricting access to the site of the crash. But in these, there were some reports of government agents threatening people after the Roswell incident, but there are people like that have come forward from the army saying that they were involved in this. Like they were like, I'm the bad person. I'm the one. Yes. Like there, there have been people who worked like who were in the military at that time. And they were like, it's me. I'm I'm the problem. It's me. me. And yeah, I didn't sing it. So I, that doesn't seem like this. You did it. Doesn't count. I said saying some words. So Yes. So, like, they were intimidating people, but they weren't, they're not really consistent with the other reports, and they're not wearing, like, black suits and things. So, I don't know. If it is government, though, that could have been them. Yeah, and you don't have to have a fedora. Yeah, and there weren't fedoras involved. But that's what a lot of people think that the Men in Black encounters are. But then there are others who suggest that the Men in Black are basically just other government employees kinds of things like that they could be like the cia the nsa the fbi those kinds of things what if by doing this episode they decide they're gonna talk what if they come at us right now i don't know anything about anything i've been thinking about this and cc doesn't know the answers to any of my questions so there's no reason to get all upset Maybe that's why I kept it vague. We didn't do anything. I'm keeping it vague on purpose because I... Oh, you're trying to protect us? I don't... Yeah, it was on purpose that I didn't know all those details. I knew it. Because I just... I need to make sure that we're safe. If I had too many details, they're going to come knocking on my door and I'm not going to let them in, but they might make me feel like I have to let them in and then control me and then they're in my house and then I'm very scared and then I'll never feel safe at home ever again in my life. But probes. Ah. Yes. Like, or it's like it's similar in nature to the black eyed children, which I am very oh, scared no. of. I okay. don't want anything to do with those little fuckers. No, that was the scared, most scared I am of anything. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the other theories and interpretations. Okay. So okay. another theory suggests that they may be a product of the human mind rather than an external entity or you government think? agency. Yes. So according to this theory, men in black encounters may be a type of hallucination or delusion experienced by individuals who are under stress or experiencing a psychological disturbance. 
And this could explain why the men in black are often described as having unusual features or behaving in strange ways that seem to defy human understanding. Additionally, some researchers point to the fact that many men in black encounters occur in the context of UFO sightings and other paranormal, paranormal phenomena, suggesting that these experiences may be a form of hallucination or distortion caused by the heightened emotional state of witnesses. I don't know. Like, why does everybody have the same hallucination? Because they hear it like somebody heard it the first time. And then they regurgitate that under duress. Mm, at, like in the 50s? Like, are they, where are they getting this I from? I don't know. Like, it's not the internet. Like, you're not on Reddit. Maybe like, they're searching things. And then the next time you see a UFO out of nowhere, you just happen to know these things. Maybe it's people that were in the 600, you know, that would read his newsletter. Do we know? Do we know? <sighs> Maybe. We don't, I don't know. Because you don't know anything. Because you're know. trying to protect us from those men in black. That's true. That's true. Okay. Let's talk about another one. Are they time travelers from the future? No. <gasps> Unless they're from the Umbrella Academy. According to this theory, that they could be. So according to this theory, the men in black are individuals who have traveled back in time to observe and manipulate certain events in history like the Umbrella Academy. They may be attempting to alter the course of human history or prevent a catastrophic event from occurring. Yeah, so this is. is totally the Umbrella Academy. Proponents of this theory argue that men in black seem like men in black seemingly supernatural abilities, such as their ability to appear and disappear at will, could be attributed to the advanced technology and knowledge of temporal mechanics. Is there a monkey man? They there there's no monkey man. But if there was, if it ever comes up, we're gonna know that this one's real. Obviously. Yeah, they just use their knowledge of future events to manipulate individuals and organizations in the present. Well, I don't think they're doing a very good job. When's the last time that anyone saw a man in black? A man in black. Well, if you search Reddit, like, every day. <laughs> every day, all day? I don't know. Not every day, all day. But, like, people, like, within years. Yeah, but that, that's that's on Reddit. Is it on anywhere that is not Reddit? Well, where else are you going to find people that are talking about men in black? Like, it's not like you... I don't know. There are. So there was one that was on a documentary that I watched. I didn't choose to add it in here, which I probably could have. But there is one. I think it's better when you like look at the video evidence. I think it was like 2007 or something like that. There was a guy that had like he had seen like a UFO crash or not crash, but he just saw a UFO, I think. And mm -hmm. I'm just making shit up because I have nothing written down here. So okay, he had witnessed a UFO. And then he worked at a hotel and he was supposed to work the next day at the hotel, but he had called in and two men in black appeared at the hotel. And you can like literally see them come like there's a surveillance, like a <gasps> like the video surveillance at the hotel where you can see the guys like come in. Really? But it's not like really like it's not like an HD camera, you know, like it's just like fuzzy video monitoring stuff. But they do like they appear like strange. They're very tall. And they do look like they're kind of like they're dressed weird, you know, like it's not like a normal businessman that you'd see like in this century. It looked very much like old fashioned business, like with like a with like trench coats on and, and black and fedoras. And yes, and they were like very pale. And 
And so that was a little bit alarming to look at. Did they talk to anybody, like any of the clerks at the hotel? They did. They talked to the front desk people asking for the guy that was supposed to be at work. And of course, he wasn't there. And they were like kind of frustrated. And then they just never came back afterward. So, I mean, they gave up very easily. No, I mean, like, did the hotel people talk to this the oh, show? Oh, um, yes. I mean, like, they were talking to, like, they interviewed the guy that it was supposed to be, and they, like, talked to the people. But, yeah, I think the people were scared. I mean, not good that they were scared, but, like, good that it was corroborated. If the men in black, like, you guys, if our stuff has ever just taken off, all of our alien stuff has just taken off the air, I want you to know that's because the men in black visited we us. We didn't do it on purpose. Like, I didn't do it on purpose. But if a man in black comes to my door and wants to talk to me about Peters, I'm going to be scared. And I'm not going to talk about it anymore. You should be. Yeah, I will remove all of our UFO stuff, but I don't want to. I'll be like, I don't know anything. Honestly. Yeah, I know nothing. That's why I'm keeping it vague. I'm not asking ChatGPT any more questions. Besides Don't, the information it, it gives knows me. now. It knows. It probably does. Okay, so. It's listening to you right now. It is. It is listening to yeah. you right now. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about the most popular theory and the one that we've been hinting at this whole time. Okay. That the men in black are extraterrestrial beings or representatives of a non-human intelligence i fucking knew it according to this theory the men in black are part of a larger cosmic hierarchy that is concerned with monitoring or controlling human activity on earth they might be tasked with observing and interacting with human beings who have had close encounters with ufos or other anomalous phenomena and they may even be responsible for abductions and other types of contact experiences Some proponents of this theory argue that the men in black are not necessarily hostile or malevolent, but are simply carrying out their assigned duties as part of a larger cosmic agenda. Others believe that the men in black are actively working to suppress information about extraterrestrial life and the true nature of the universe in order to maintain a sense of control over humanity. And I agree. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to talk about this because of the others. The others? I don't like them. I'm going to need to put together a whole other episode on the others, and I'll probably bring in my best alien friend who first introduced me to it. But I think that he, like, like, I think if he did this with me, he'd, like, really need to get into it because he really likes to research. But let's touch on it just, like, a little bit for those of you who aren't familiar with the others because it's pretty out there. There is this guy named Tom DeLong, and he is in the band Blink-182. He has become a well, like, he's become really well known in the UFO world in the last few years because he's like really into extraterrestrial life. And in 2017, he founded a company called To The Stars. And he's a rock star. He is a rock star, but he's not anymore. So he founded a company called To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science, and they claim to advance research into unexplained phenomena and develop related technology. So through his work with To The Stars, he does like interviews and public appearances and he shared his ideas and theories about the existence of extraterrestrial life and their interactions with humanity. So his theory about what he calls the others, which I think he says comes from like people in the government is centered around the idea that there are multiple non-human species that have been visiting the earth for a long time and have been interacting with humanity. 
So according to him, these species are not necessarily hostile or benevolent, again, but rather have different agendas and motivations for their interactions with humans. So he suggested that they have been visiting the earth for thousands of years and have played a role in shaping our history and culture. Hmm. He has pointed to like ancient cave paintings and other artifacts as evidence of these interactions and has suggested that they have shared knowledge and technology with humans over time. I would like to propose that as a as something for us to look at in the next episode. The others? Yeah. The others is like really needs a lot of research though. I don't I'm just telling you that possibly it could but, explain something that we're going to talk about on the next episode. Yes. Okay. I like that. Let's keep going on this for just okay. a minute and I'll tie it in at the end. One of the key aspects of the theory is that they're interested in our planet, not only for its resources, but also for its biological diversity and the DNA of different species on earth is of particular interest to them. And they've been conducting experiments and genetic studies on humans and, and other animals for a long time. So that's why they're taking cow buttholes. Butt probe. Yes. I think that it could make sense if we summed up like UFOs, demons, the things that are happening at Skinwalker Ranch, Bigfoot, like black-eyed children or anything paranormal or whatever you're going to talk about next time. They all would kind of go together with this theory. And so let's say that like we combine the men in black and mm -hmm. the others and they're both really kind of related to the concept of extraterrestrial life and their potential interactions yeah. with humans. And like you could think about the men in black as like members of one of these non-human species that DeLong's theory proposes. That's a lot. So they were kind of like a cleanup crew Clean up on for the extraterrestrial humans. visitors, making sure that that they remain hidden yeah. from the general public. But they're not doing a very good job. I bet there's a lot more for them to do than just the little bit that what we're seeing. It's like a busy job. It is a busy job. There's a lot of people out there. They're probably like going on Reddit and like cleaning things up. But I think that the others kind of explains it. It explains all the things, honestly. Everything. It sounds totally out there. Totally It ties out there. it up in a bow, though. It really does. It does tie it up in a bow. Who would have thought? But that's what I've got on the Men in Black. So, guys, hopefully this episode makes its way to the air and that a Men in Black doesn't show up at my house right now. Oh, don't say that. It's that'd be terrifying. That's creepy. Is it dark where you are already? Yeah. Isn't it dark where you are? Oh. oh. No. It's light outside. It's dark. So. Well, it's almost I don't 9 o'clock here. I hopefully won't get visited by them because I will be very scared. Spooky. I'll be very scared. Okay. Well, that's all I've got. Thank you guys, you. thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.